In just a moment, we're going to be looking at Psalm 136. And I would encourage you to turn there now. But I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge that this is a hard Sunday. Uh, for some of you, it's, it's been a hard week, having learned the, the, the news. And uh, for some of you that have been in the know for a little while longer, maybe even longer than that. So this is a hard Sunday. Some of you are thinking of some of your own discouragements, and this just brings all of that back up. Some of you are visitors this morning, and right now you're feeling really awkward. It was Father's Day. I thought I'd go to church on Father's Day, and now this looks like some sort of internal family issue that they're, yeah, it is. We're sorry. Hopefully in Psalm 136, we can... We can still learn something about our Heavenly Father on this Father's Day. Some of you might be even reminded this morning of some of your own screw-ups and how hard that was and how discouraging that was. On the other hand, some of you, uh, you've been just sailing with God. You've had a few weeks of some just getting to see incredible things from God, and this is a celebration Sunday. You weren't expecting the rest, but I'm going to invite you to celebrate with us as we go through uh, Psalm 136 to, to be able to say, yeah, that's true, and maybe, maybe you want to stand up and shout that, yes, that is true. Actually, as the uh, Director, well, okay, my title is I'm the executive director of Shamanah Ministries. That's Camp Shamanah and Rock Ridge and Shamanah International. And I would actually feel a whale of a lot better if some of you would be a little bit more like middle schoolers and kind of shout at each other and throw things. And uh, yeah, there you go. Now I'm starting to feel at home. And actually, if this were camp, I would ask you. Actually, I wouldn't need to ask you all to come forward and sit up here at camp. They fight for the front rows. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. <laughs> but I do, uh, I do call it a great honor to be here this morning on, as I said, kind of a difficult day. Psalm 136, some of you have already looked at it. You've looked ahead and you said, whoa. Kind of a repetitive psalm, isn't it? <laughs> kind of goes, repeats itself over and over and over again. And by the way, just a little sidelight for all of you that have just noticed how repetitive this particular psalm and several others are. I do not want to hear any more criticisms of contemporary Christian music, okay? So repetitive. Perhaps biblical. because of some of the extended announcement time this morning, we are going to be pressed for time. So, uh, so I want to do something because it is so repetitive. I'm just going to read half of each verse, okay? Just the important half of... No, that's not right. Not the important. Just It's all important. The appropriate half of each verse. And so there's going to be a little jumping around, but I'm sure you are capable of, uh, of, of following along. So... So let me do that. Psalm 136, reading just half of each verse. Psalm 136, verse 1. 
His love endures forever. Verse 2, His love endures forever. Verse 3, His love endures forever. 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 Verse 11, His love endures forever. 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 Verse 20, His love endures forever. 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 Verse 26, I bet you you know it. You've just memorized an entire psalm. His love endures forever. Do you get the point? Do you get the point? His love endures forever, no matter what. If we had time to go through the other halves of each of the verses and, and, and exegete them, we would learn things well, like verse 1, I think, stands alone. It's got a, a topic all of its own. It begins, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Some of us have been around this place for a while. We've seen things. And some of them have been hard. But throughout all of that, I trust we've been reminded that his love endures forever and that we need to give thanks. Our natural response should be to give thanks because he is good. Do you sometimes question that? Well, if he is good, Herb, then how come this happens? And how come this happens? And how come we've had this Sunday? Sometimes you question whether he's good. And maybe it's because we don't always have a great understanding of what good is. A whole bunch of us love the Chronicles of Narnia. Narnia. I mean, who doesn't? Well, I know a couple people that do, but they're weird. Chronicles of Narnia, you know, there's the famous dialogue in there where, where Mr. Beaver is bringing the children uh, to, to see Aslan, the lion, Aslan, the Christ uh, figure in, in the Chronicles of Narnia, and they are bringing, uh, Mr. Beaver's bringing them to the lion, and he explains that he is a lion, and some of the children are intrigued. We get to meet a lion, and some of the children are actually pretty frightened. He's a lion? I think it's Lucy, I think, that says, but is it safe to meet a lion? And Mrs. Beaver has that wonderful line, and she almost chastises the children. Safe? Safe? Children, he's a lion. Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. We've experienced hard things before. 
And I trust that in the midst of all of them, we've understood that our God is good. And that alone should make us thankful people. Thanks and gratitude should be our natural response. And is it yours? Are you by nature a thankful person? This is meddling a little bit, but I challenge you to go through your Facebook posts. Oh, life is so hard. Did you know? Oh, I saw this all over, and I'm I'm sure it wasn't any of yours, but for crying out loud, the target cash registers were down for two hours. First world problems. Saw all sorts of people. I had a cartload of, you know, full of stuff, and then the registers wouldn't work. Really? This is the worst thing you have to complain about? You know, that's one of the great things about missions trips. It, it puts you in places where you kind of get some perspective back. Years ago, I was on a missions trip uh, to Romania, shortly after the fall of Ceausescu, that... that Brutal, brutal dictator that destroyed the the country and millions were killed. We were in Bucharest with, this has nothing to do with anything. We were in the town of Bucharest, a large city, 350,000 stray dogs. They were going to do some sort of extermination program, and I guess the French have a big influence in Bucharest. I don't know why, but the French convinced them, no, that would be animal cruelty. Don't get rid of all these 350,000 stray dogs. I recommended that they started some Vietnamese restaurants, but that didn't go. (laughs) No one... I I just offended... I'm sorry. But early in the morning, I would get up, walk the streets of Bucharest, cold mornings. And I saw the strangest thing in the roadway. You would see a manhole cover start to move and then pop up and slide to the side. And children would come pouring out of the sewers because all their parents had been killed in that that civil war and that brutal time. And here's all these orphan children living in the sewers because it's warm there at night. And they would come pouring out and they would see an American and they'd come running, American, American, American. And they would kiss your feet and they would hug your legs. Please, please, American. The average lifespan of a street kid back then would be 16 years old. And our missionary friend who worked with those children, he would say, Herb, when I tell them about Jesus, I don't tell them that their life is going to be so much better because it's not. But what I tell them is that when they die, Jesus will be with them. He will be there. And when they wake up on the other side of eternity, their Jesus will be there to hold them in his arms. You want to whine about Target cash registers? Sometimes we're just idiots. 
if we understood that his love endures forever because he's good, we would be grateful, thankful people, and that would come out. Verses 2 and 3, I think, stand alone as well. Verses 2 and 3, give thanks to the God of gods, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, his love endures forever. He alone is sovereign. There is no other God that can claim that their love will endure forever because he alone is God of gods. He alone is Lord of lords. All other gods will fail you. You worship money? It's okay for a while. Doesn't satisfy. Fame and a good name and all of that, that's okay. It's good for a while. It won't satisfy. Drugs, alcohol, it's not going to satisfy. Success, that won't satisfy. Only this sovereign God, this God of gods, can say that his love and no one else's will endure forever. Verses 4 to 9 kind of hang together as well. To him, speaking of God, who alone does great wonders, who by his understanding made the heavens, who spread out the earth upon the waters, who made the great lights, the sun to govern the day and the moon to govern the night. Okay, here's where I get to nerd out a little bit. I... I'm a little bit of a science geek. I'm not all that smart, but I like reading all that stuff. In fact, that's what I love about living and working out at Camp Chaminade. We get to be out in God's creation. In fact, uh, uh, Psalm 119, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his hand. Showeth. Forgive my King James. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his handiwork. Day into day utter speech. Night into night shows knowledge. There is no speech or language where his voice isn't heard. If I can get a kid out in creation for a week, his or her thoughts will naturally turn to God because nature creation speaks and it speaks about this God. And the more I learn and the more I understand, I am amazed at this God. Do you know that uh, just over, or just under a year ago, the universe got, or not the universe, our galaxy got uh, half again as big. They did some recalculations. It got bigger. And our, our universe, yeah, they thought there were 300 billion galaxies. Now they're saying, oh, we miscalculated. We think there's 300 trillion. And science, I think, is just a blast right now because so much. And, and, and my God holds all of that, Scripture says, in the palm of his hand. Okay, forgive me. Let me nerd out on you a little bit more. read a book recently by Hugh Ross. Highly recommended it. Uh, uh, he's an astrophysicist, one of those guys that studies, you know, way out the edges of, of, the, of the galaxies and the, and the universes. Uh, he came to Christ. He came to a saving knowledge of Christ later in life. But he said, astrophysicists, those guys that study the way out stuff, and, and uh, uh, quantum physics, physicists, those guys that study the little tiny particle things where all sorts of weird stuff happens and time seems to stop and disappear at a certain point. It's crazy. He said, those guys, most of them, believe in a creator. And they say, there's no other way 
this could hold together. And uh, as an adult, he read Genesis 1, chapter 1 for the first time. And as he's reading it, he said, this is it. This all fits. This makes sense. I now, I always knew there was a creator. Now I know who he is. It's, it's wonderful stuff. And you and I get to know that God of wonders who holds all that stuff, who whispered and universes exploded into existence. Uh, that's a whole different sermon. But do you know we often say that God created everything out of nothing? That's not quite right. Everything was created out of the very word of God. He spoke and this happened. And he spoke and this happened. God's word is so powerful and it changes your life and my life. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. It's by his word. And so I'm sorry, I, I nerd out on that stuff. But if that God, who all these new discoveries that we're making in science point to him, that God promises that his love endures forever. And he knows a thing or two about forever. Verses 10 to 24 are kind of, kind of odd, kind of strange. We learn that he at times is a very violent God. He strikes down kings and pharaohs on your behalf. He moves oceans on your behalf. He frees you from your enemies. He guides through desert places. He even takes his enemies, your enemies' properties and gives them to you as an inheritance, though you didn't earn any of it. This God will protect, sometimes violently. How many of you been to a whole bunch of graduation open houses recently. Yeah, there's this time of year. <laughs> and, and I think it's, it's kind of fun. This time of year, I have a conversation with a lot of parents, especially moms, as we learn what their son or daughter will be going into. And, you know, for many, it's college, it's trade school, they're doing this. For some... There's moms and dads that are a little bit frightened, not because they don't know what they're going to do. Uh, that's totally fine. I still don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up. But they don't, you know, they do know what they're going to do, and their mothers are worried. Oh, Herb, my, my kid is following God. Fantastic. But, but he or she thinks that God is calling them to some inner city ministry in New York, and Herb, that's just not a safe place to be. And, and, and there's lots and lots of unsaved people here in Brainerd. They could just stay right here in Brainerd where I can kind of keep an eye on them. A number of years ago, one of our summer staff kids, he's now married, has a family of his own, uh, for years was a missionary in Afghanistan and Kazakhstan. And some of his stories are unbelievable. Dangerous? Yeah. And I remember his mom being so concerned about that. But Herb, you know, I, I, I won't be there to take care of him. You mean the God who does away with kings and pharaohs and princes, the God that moves oceans, that God isn't enough 
I mean, think about it. Are you, mom, are you really going to say, well, yeah, but, but see, I think I can take care of him better than God can. Well, it doesn't quite work, does it? If I know this God who will do all of that because he loves me, could you be in any safer place? And yet, think about all the things we fear, that we're afraid of. We're, we just completed our summer staff training at Shamanon. Of course, one of the things that they have to do is to learn how to share their testimony and, 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 and share, memorize lots of verses and be able to share the Romans Road and all that sort of a thing. And one of the things that our high school kids, and I apologize to them all the time, one of the things that we have taught them is now, remember, when you share your faith, when you tell people you're a Christian, when they might laugh at you. Really? That's what you're afraid of? Good heavens, people laugh at me all the time just because I'm an idiot. Really? That's what you're afraid of? What are you fearful of? This God will move kings and popes and princes and rulers and pharaohs because he loves you. You could not be in any safer place. And one of the things that you and I can start doing is making God speak part of our everyday conversation. And yet we're so afraid to do that. I challenge you to do that sometime. I'm, I'm involved in a couple of community organizations uh, out in our neck of the woods. Um, and one of the reasons I'm involved in them Oh, well, this is too close to home, and I hope they don't hear this. One of the reasons I'm involved with these community groups is because I need to hang out with pagans more. And some of them really fit the bill. And it's so fun to be in those circumstances and to bring up Jesus in just normal, everyday speech. Don't preach. It's fun to be in some of those organizations as we're trying to work through some things and make decisions about stuff and to be able to say, you know what, I wonder if we can table that until next month because I'd sure like some time to pray about it and then go on with the, you know, whatever else you're doing. It is, it's fascinating how many of them stumble. And like, Wait, what? Did he just say pray? Wait, do people do that? Uh, the other night, I was driving home from, there's a mile and a half between camp and my house, and in that short little mile and a half, there were 12 deer. And it was so fun the next day to be with some of my wonderful pagan friends to be able to say, yeah, there were so many deers. It was so cool just to see that God's got all this stuff going on that, you know, in the woods in the middle of the night that I don't even know anything about. And you just keep going on with your conversation. And again, they say, wait, he said God, and he wasn't swearing. When I'm with Jesus, his love endures forever. So what have I got to be afraid of? We've got some tough stuff that we're going to walk through in the next months. Are you going to walk through it fearfully? Or are we going to walk through it knowing that my God is with me and his love endures forever? Verse 25 I think it's another little standalone verse. I love it. Verse 25, speaking about our God, he said, And who gives food to every creature? His love endures forever. What an intimate little verse. He cares about even creatures. 
You know, that's, that's a precursor to the Sermon on the Mount, isn't it? When Jesus is speaking, and, 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 and I'm convinced, well, we know he was outside on a mountainside. Good camp director passage. Uh, you know, and I'm convinced that as he's speaking, a flock of birds fly over the head, and Jesus uses everything that's, that's, that's going on, and he's preaching, a flock of birds fly over and says, wait, see? See those birds? My father knows when even that smallest of sparrows falls. And guess what? My dad likes you more than he likes sparrows. He's going to take care of you. And then the wind maybe blows a little bit and the grass ruffles and, 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 and some, some uh, flowers flutter in the breeze. And, and, and he says, and see these flowers? Solomon was not dressed as well as these guys because my God cares. My father cares for these little flowers. And you know what? You guys, he likes you more than he likes flowers. He takes care of every single need. Every intimate little need. Why? Because his love endures forever. And then the last verse ends the same way the passage started. Same as the first verse. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. Give thanks. That should be our natural response to everything that's going on. Is that, you know what? I know that God loves me. What else really matters? How would your life change? How would your attitude change if you became a person of gratitude? Could it be that a life of gratitude would lower some of your stress? We talk about stress all the time. Oh, this just really stresses me out. Oh, I'm under a lot of stress. Really? Are you? To me, real stress is wondering how you're going to feed your family today. Where are you going to put your kids down for bed today? I know some people that don't know the answers to that. That's stress. You and I, I could miss a few meals. If I live a life of gratitude and thankfulness, man, the temperature of stress would, would, would go way down. And, and how would others view you? Would they view you as a person of gratitude? I'm even going to suggest, and I know this might be judgmental, but I'm even going to suggest that if you are not a person of thankfulness, if you are not a person of gratitude, I wonder if you really know my Savior. Because if you did, It would change everything. His love endures forever. What else matters? Let me pray for us. Father, I apologize 
for all the times I have not been thankful, for all the times I've whined. I apologize for all the times that I thought I could take care of things myself and not leave them in your hands and forget that you violently protect because you love me. Father, teach me again of your unending, enduring, steadfast love. And let it seep into every bone of my body and let it change me. Father, let it change us into the people that clearly follow and rely on you for everything else. In your name, all of God's people said, Amen.